Welcome to Knowledge on the Go, the podcast brought to you by the PI Collaboratives team at Vizient. I'm Marilyn Sherrill, Performance Improvement Program Director here at Vizient and your host for today's episode. Today, in recognition of National Colorectal Cancer Awareness Month, we are talking to Dr. Joe Cummings, our resident expert on innovative medical technology, to hear more about a recent project he did on the use of artificial intelligence to improve the performance of screening colonoscopy. As you already know, this is an important topic because colorectal cancer is the third most common cancer and the second leading cause of cancer death, accounting for 150,000 new cases and 50,000 deaths annually in the United States. Approximately one out of every 25 adults will get colon cancer. That means there's a good chance you may know someone. Since most cases of CRC progress from adenomatous polyps to invasive adenocarcinoma, early polyp detection may have a significant positive effect on morbidity and mortality outcomes. The United States Preventive Services Task Force now recommends screening start at age 45 years in average risk adults. Just changed this last year. So tell us about this new AI-based technology you recently evaluated. So the AI technology is called GI Genius, and it's distributed by Medtronic. And it's the first-of-its-kind AI for computer-aided detection of polyps in real time during colonoscopy. It got FDA approval via the de novo process about a year ago, back in April 2021. So it's still in the early adoption phase here in the U.S., but it's a little further along in Europe where it's been available since 2019. That's interesting. So how does it work? The technology, it's basically a small box that contains the computer hardware and the AI software. And you hook this box up between the scope and the video display monitor. So the technology uses the video input and it analyzes every frame with AI-based image recognition software that's been trained to spot different types of polyps. And when it spots a polyp, the system beeps and it superimposes a green box around the lesion up on the monitor. So in in essence, this technology acts like a second set of eyes for the colonoscopist. So using it may spot something they overlooked, or it may just confirm something they already saw. But at this stage, it still remains up to the clinician to further inspect anything identified by the AI and also to determine whether or not to do any further sampling or testing or removal. That's funny. It sounds a lot like the box that my cell phone camera automatically puts around faces so that it knows where I need to be focusing when I take pictures and I need all the help I can get. It's a great analogy and it actually uses very similar principles, except this technology has been trained on millions of polyp images instead of on people's faces. So why is this technology important for quality and performance improvement consideration? So there's a well-recognized and readily calculated quality metric for colonoscopy. It's called the adenoma detection rate, uh, sometimes abbreviated ADR. So the adenoma detection rate is defined as the proportion of patients with at least one colorectal adenoma detected during an average risk first-time screening colonoscopy. And the established benchmark for the minimum adenoma detection rate is 25%. However, if you look at the literature, there's a wide range of adenoma detection rates reported, ranging anywhere from about 7% to more than 50%. The problem is that some of this range of variation is likely attributable to to human factors like uh, training and experience and concentration And even the time of day that the procedure is performed has been linked to adenoma detection rate variation. So one of the biggest advantages of AI is it's available and consistent 24-7, 
Uh, and it's more objective with no expected effects from fatigue or distraction or stress like you'd have for the human operator. So if we can get rid of these potential sources of inaccuracy by using AI, we would expect to see an increase in the adenoma detection rate quality metric, uh, and particularly inexperienced operators and, and those with already low baseline metrics. Wow. You know, I really appreciate this. I spent several years assisting endoscopists during these procedures, and I can totally remember the fatigue and distraction and all of those various things that you mentioned. So this all sounds logical, but how does the ADR translate into patient outcomes? Good question, because you're right that it's really the patient outcomes that we want to affect and not just this surrogate outcome of the adenoma misrate, right? So unfortunately, since this technology is just newly emerging, we don't yet have the full data for the effect on patient outcomes. I'd say what we do have, though, is it's a pretty well-accepted rule of thumb from some other large colonoscopy studies that have been performed that suggest that for every 1% increase in the adenoma detection rate, uh, it's associated with a 3% decrease in the risk of colorectal cancer development in that interval between colonoscopies. And it's also associated with about a 5% reduction in cancer mortality. Okay, so I hear you say that you expect that for every 1% increase in the ADR quality metric, you expect to decrease cancer development by 3% and cancer mortality by 5%. So what does the clinical evidence show for ADR when you're using the AI technology? So by way of evidence, there are a couple of manufacturer-sponsored randomized controlled trials uh, they were conducted in Italy. There's also a large meta-analysis out there that includes data from this technology and some other AI platforms, too, that's now been published. And some of this evidence reports absolute uh, increases of about 10% to 14% in the adenoma detection rate, which would be huge. Wow. Further, there's some data uh, from some subset type analyses trying to determine if the AI efficacy is affected by things like polyp size or the location or polyp morphology. You know, for example, is, is the polyp the flat type or is it the stocked type? And as expected, the preliminary data here seems to show that AI is mostly helping to detect some of the smaller polyps, for instance, those that are less than five millimeters in size. And for the flat or sessile polyps that are usually much harder to spot. Well, this is really exciting. A 10% increase in ADR would translate into a huge improvement for patient outcomes. I just can't wait to see all this in action soon. Let's switch gears a bit now, though. So when we're talking about AI working together with the clinician as a team, this is really a change in the whole paradigm. And it seems to me that there could be, therefore, a steep learning curve. So for example, I could see the endoscopist relying either too much or too little on the AI, and this could affect detection rates. Again, the AI could ping on too many false positives, and this could in itself be annoying and distracting to the clinician. So was there anything in the literature about these types of workflow issues? I agree. Uh, too many false positives, as you mentioned, could definitely be an issue because, you know, it probably caused some sort of alarm fatigue where, you know, you start to ignore the AI so I, I saw in one of the studies that they reported that less than 1% of activations were, were false positives, which is a pretty low rate and probably wouldn't have result in alarm fatigue. But again, when, when a false activation occurred, mostly it only took a few seconds to resolve with the clinician kind of glancing over at the box 
and immediately dismissing it as nothing or as an artifact or something like that. Uh, At most, in a few of these cases, the clinician might have to redirect the scope to further investigate. But still, if it's nothing, it usually takes, you know, less than five seconds of extra time to judge that. So it really shouldn't add too much to overall procedure times. On a similar note, I'd say another interesting phenomenon that's been noted is that AI is usually faster to identify a polyp. You know, it, it kind of expected because Usually speed is one of the typical advantages of computers over humans, right? So in in one study, they noted that the AI recognized a polyp faster than the human about 82% of the time, uh, and that the average difference in recognition time was about 1.2 seconds. So I really think this phenomenon might take more getting used to for some users, even more than the false positive issue. But overall, I really think that the technology... As it becomes more common, we'll start to learn some lessons on, you know, how to optimally combine the AI and the endoscopist strengths and their weaknesses. Uh, And then this will probably become part of a, a training curriculum in the future. So overall, speaking of the future, what are some of the other potential future developments to to watch out for regarding AI and colonoscopy? Well, for for one thing, we'll definitely see some competition in the near future. There are a bunch of similar AI platforms uh, that are in development. Many of these are even commercially available in Japan and China and the EU. Uh, And most of the big scope manufacturers like Olympus and Fuji and Pentax, they're all involved in the technology to some degree. And there are a number of startups too emerging in the field. Another thing is the type of application we're talking about. So The GI genius is used for polyp detection, Uh, but another big application is computer-aided polyp characterization. So you can think of this characterization function as as kind of like an optical biopsy that predicts the histology of the lesion. And if this characterization function is accurate, it opens up a whole lot of possibilities to really change the paradigm by implementing more strategies like diagnose and leave or resect and discard. Uh, And these kinds of strategies, I think, in turn, could really have some significant associated savings in terms of procedural workflow and pathology costs. Well, that's really interesting because I can just imagine if it's able to predict the histology of the lesion, how that's going to change things. Wow. So pay really close attention to this question, Dr. Cummings. Are there any future developments related to GIAI, NPIQI? other than the, the fact that you've used all of the alphabet. <laughs> Based on how AI has been used in some other medical applications, I'd say there are a lot of things related to quality and performance improvement that you could envision for AI. For example, we don't really have an objective measure for the adequacy of bowel cleansing, that we know it's critical to the procedure quality. So it's possible that AI could be applied to automatically assess and quantify bowel prep. And similarly, AI could automatically recognize and track the rate of complete colon intubation. And AI could also track scope withdrawal time metrics, all of these uh, which are related to procedural quality. So just having these statistics available could really help for targeting performance improvement and initiatives. Uh, Another thing is that AI will probably eventually automate the writing of the entire colonoscopy report, including all these metrics and others, and even provide the documentation and coding. So I think there's another big direction where we're headed with AI. So I think what we're really talking about with AI is potentially impacting the whole procedure from beginning to end. Interesting. I can't even imagine that. I just 
think this is really taking it to a whole new level. So based on what I've heard today, I think I want them to use AI during my next colonoscopy. Is it available right now? So it's had FDA marketing approval for about a year now. So it it is commercially available and hospitals can buy it. It's clinically available now at a number of early adopter hospitals. Uh, As a matter of fact, the local news where I live just did a feature story this week on how my local community hospital is now using it. So it's out there and you can probably find it. There's still some implementation hurdles like cost and reimbursement that they need to be worked through before it's more widely disseminated. But I think within the next couple of years, the technology will become more and more available. And so I'd expect you'll be able to readily find it for your procedure. I can't wait. (laughs) So you bring up an interesting point about hospitals purchasing this technology. Any advice for hospitals being inundated with requests? Yeah, I think hospitals should consider AI technology very similar to how they'd evaluate any other emerging innovative medical technology that's going to be used in the clinical care paradigm. So, for example, just like they'd evaluate a new cardiac stent or a surgical robot or an orthopedic implant, right? Uh, This means that the purchase requests should go through the hospital processes and committees that they currently use to evaluate innovative new technology. And hopefully these committees are set up and are capable of rigorously evaluating both the clinical evidence and financial issues as part of their process. Uh, If you don't have this kind of assessment process and analytic capability right now as part of, say, a well-functioning, clinically integrated supply chain process, I'd strongly suggest that you develop this. Uh, But that is a topic for another podcast. That's great advice. And we're going to bring you back. Well, that's all the time we have for this edition of Knowledge on the Go. I'd like to thank Dr. Cummings for speaking with us today and thank you to our listeners for taking the time to join us and please look for future Knowledge on the Go podcasts. For Vizient's PI Collaboratives team, I'm Marilyn Cheryl. Please join us for more Knowledge on the Go. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments at picollaboratives at vizientinc.com. 